Welcome to the Memory Distillery, everyone. I'm Anthony Vernary. And I'm John Deck. And each week we will malt, mash, ferment, and distill our way through the spirits of our past in the form of long-loved movies. And this week... We both love soup and snow peas. That's right. We're (laughs) watching Best in Show from the year 2000, directed by Christopher Guest. Uh easily 15 years since i've seen this uh despite really really enjoying it when i watched it how long has it been for you john um well i i tend to watch one of this genre of movie when i say genre i just mean specifically directed by christopher guest specifically (laughs) the the christopher guest genre Mostly like the Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, Mighty Wind, or For Your Consideration. Like something in there I usually watch uh, every couple of years or so. But in particular, Best in Show, it's been quite a while. I don't know. I don't know when exactly, but um, I'll go ahead and say at least maybe 10 years. Wow. Wow. So, yeah. So it's definitely overdue. Yeah, I I fully agree. I'm actually pretty surprised that it's taken me this long to even consider it uh for the memory distillery just because of like how much i remember enjoying it and and thinking that it's uh it's one of these movies where it's it, it it's got that sort of artsy feel to it but it's just so fucking funny like there's so many hilarious parts and you have so many like second city alums in this that it's it's almost impossible for it to not be funny. Yeah, and the fact that you know with with all of these movies that like the script is an outline. You know, they have setups for the overall ideas and thoughts of what the scene is and what they're trying to get done, but there's no very, very little dialogue. It's all come up with by the actors and improvised and and like if you see any special features of different takes and things, it's amazing how how in character and, and of course whether it's second city or any kind of improv group like they're all you know masters of having done this sort of thing like for who knows how long and that special chemistry of working together uh kind of in a, in a way like wes anderson how he has so many repeat performances of actors who like work and form these bonds and chemistry together like it's just such a treat to see these different actors play off of each other and just enjoy the outrageousness of being so deadpan and so dead into their characters uh and and it's just like i don't know i mean it's just fun i can see i remember when i saw a mighty wind uh at the theater uh with a couple of other people and two of them just were like uh i i guess that was an interesting documentary (laughs) like and they're like they didn't understand why we were laughing during it and it was like that wasn't funny. Like this, it's just a documentary about weird people who are gonna sing folk music, and it, like they had no clue. And like that to me, of course, was hilarious. But the the way at which the humor is delivered throughout these, uh, and 
that's very true and best in show is just that you take people who are passionate about, you know, topics. I say not necessarily unlikely topics, but just in an unlikely way to degrees that some might consider ridiculousness, but really do fit within the avenue of people, some of the individuals who are in that particular arena of like, say, in this case, professional dog raising and shows and all that right. stuff. <laughs> well, and, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up Wes Anderson because like you could, if, if you stood, like if you showed me this movie 15 years ago and said, who directed this without showing me the credits, I probably would have said Wes Anderson. Like, I I have this memory of it having this kind of Wes Anderson feel to it. I know that it doesn't necessarily, but th- my memory is such that I I picture this as a Wes Anderson movie and not necessarily as a Christopher Guest movie. And so I'm, I mean, I'm, I know I'm, most people when you hear Christopher Guest, you think, oh, of course, Princess Bride, um, which we have covered on the Memory Distillery. So have. this is our second uh, Christopher Guest uh, uh, journey. Uh, but yeah, he's actually done other stuff other than being uh, Count Rugen on The Princess Pride. Who knew? Yeah, and and honestly, like Christopher Guest is a a like multi talented guy in show business. He does you know acting and directing and producing and all that stuff. So he's he's definitely deep in there. Um, I think what we're gonna do is at this point we're gonna pause and go watch Best in Show. It's currently streaming on HBO Max. So if you've got that, go check it out there or go get it somewhere else. And when we come back, we are going to talk about Best in Show. John, are you ready? I am indeed. Let's do it. I used to be able to name every nut that there was. And it used to drive my mother crazy because she used to say, Holland Pepper, if you don't stop naming nuts. And the joke was that we lived in Pine Nut. And I think that's what put it in my mind at that point. So she would hear me in the other room and she'd just stop yelling. And I'd say, Peanut, Hazelnut, Cashew Nut, Macadamia Nut. Uh, that was one that would send her into going crazy. She'd say, would you stop naming nuts? And Hubert used to be able to make the sound. He couldn't talk, but he'd go, rawr, It sounded like macadamia nut. Pine nut, which is a nut, but it's also the name of a town. Pistachio nut. Red pistachio nut. Natural. All natural white pistachio nut. <laughs> God, I love it so much. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, John, Mm -hmm. kick us off here. Well, I got to tell you, we watched Best in Show, and it did not disappoint. Now, I will say it was less laugh-out-loud funny as much as it was just warmly appreciating it and kind of chuckling a bit. Like, it wasn't like watching Tommy Boy or something where I just kind of can't help it, but just kind of, you know, laugh at at different points along the way. But I'd say throughout the whole thing, I feel like I have a totally different appreciation for one particular character. Um, I'll save that um, because I I think that'll be a fun thing to talk about. But I do want to say overall, totally on point, the whole Christopher Guest mockumentary format Works so well in this way. It's very, 
very like it can be both subtle and over the top at the same time, which I think is really amazing <laughs> that it could be they could play parts so straight in quotes, so to speak. Um, but like, <laughs> yeah, not in the case of some character, right? But like that, the the level at which they commit to the intricacies of their characters is just phenomenal. So. So I I had a, a thoroughly a, a good time. Um glad we revisited. How did how did you feel overall? I had a good time with it as well. Um I, I did have a few moments where I like I, I chuckled out loud. I, I actually, you know, laughed out loud and I thought it was uh, it, it was enjoyable for, for those moments. But you're right. There there is a a certain warmth and, and there are certain sort of endearing qualities to it that I, I really enjoyed. Uh and and that that thing you said that mockumentary format that Christopher Guest uh seems to do so fucking well uh it it, it just it works in so many ways in this movie uh i'm i'm actually a little worried that i'm not going to have a ton to talk about just because i liked this so much nope see that's where we that- take a cue from Christopher Guest, and we just improvise, you know. Oh, we, okay. We just yes and, yes and. So, so somebody give me a location. Yeah, <laughs> in a garbage disposal. Okay, in a garbage disposal, and uh, and a and a job. No, okay, shut so, up. This sucks. Anyway, it does suck. It's so you are the only one of the two of us who presently has dogs. Correct. So in a way. You're you're a little bit more of an expert on on the animal at the moment. Although I've had dogs and I love dogs and I've spent a lot of time with dogs, I feel like I understand them pretty good. Um, but my my question I want to pose to you right off the bat is: Did you have a favorite dog from the movie? Oh, if oh man, that's a that's an out of left field sort of question. Well, the movie was about dogs. It was, and but I, I wasn't ex- necessarily expecting to be asked if I had a favorite. I guess if we if we go through the main cast of dogs, yeah, the main cast, maybe. Uh probably. Um, uh, what's her face? Uh, the 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 Weimaraner or oh, Beatrice Weimaraner Beatrice. Uh, <laughs> just because not not even necessarily her, but the interactions with her owners, they're like they're losing their minds, and she's just sort of like, "What's what's going on, guys? What's happening right now?" But the the entire uh, sort of fiction that they built that she has these neuroses, and that the <laughs> Catching them having sex and and staring at them while they did it, uh, somehow scarred her. And and building <laughs> a a narrative around that, I thought was just Center fantastic. Spiraling and, into depression, right? And, but and and then like just catching her in these moments where they could kind of sort of play that off. Like Beatrice, can you look at me? <laughs> Can you can can you look? Come on, uh, c- come on, just look me in the eye. Like that that whole thing, I think was was very uh, very well done and and very fun, uh, and and a, a great use of some of these sixty hours of footage that they filmed for this movie. Yeah. Well, uh, what about you? Now, I I do have a favorite. Um, it wouldn't necessarily be 
a breed that I would probably typically look for myself only because dogs, you know, I'm, I'm not huge into like huge amounts of slobber and some, some hounds are really big into howling and all is kind of what they do, but I really love Hubert, the bloodhound. <laughs> I mean, he just, a part of it, you know, is just the rapport, you know, with Christopher Guest with the Hall and Peppa. Um, <laughs> like it was just great the way he talked to him, especially with the ventriloquist dummy and like, but they did such a good job across the board capturing the personality of these different dogs and, and the, the almost, um, I don't, I mean, I know it's kind of anthropomorphizing, but it's really kind of, that's just all kit and caboodle for what we're covering. You know, when you talk about dog shows sure. and people who are obsessed like this, but um, no, I just found it especially cool when uh, you have these different moments where several of the different dogs, they either like seem to give a look to the camera or to one of the actors in a way that was just like, oh, this is a trained acting dog. You know, like they, they really sold these different moments, but yeah, I, I, I kind of fell in love with Hubert and yeah, I'm, I, I was, you know, a little let down. He didn't win the whole thing, but then again, I should have known better because I've seen the movie before. Yeah. And, but he, yeah, you're right. Like he, he does have a pretty big personality for just sort of being a dog. Like we don't think about that a lot when we have dogs on camera that aren't necessarily the focal point of the movie. Like you have your, your lassies and your, your Rin Tin Tins or whatever, and they're the focus. And so like they're actual like acting dogs. Some of these dogs I think are just dogs. And so you kind of get this, this realism of them just being dogs. And then the projection of their owners onto them, like, Oh, uh, Beatrice is so, you know, she's so nervous. She, she's worked so hard for this, this, and she's, she, if she doesn't get the blue ribbon, she'll just be devastated. Like, yeah. Okay. If you say so, <laughs> it's really, it means so much to those dogs. <laughs> no, like it's kind of like, like, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Buck Laughlin. Oh, Fred Willard. <laughs> yeah. Where he, it's at one point, you know, towards the end, he's like, I, you know, do you think they know that this is, you know, the end, or do you like he just? He, oh well, they, which they, they certainly understand. They, they, they certainly feel, feel something for this. And like, come on, Fred Willard's character in this was just amazing. I mean, yeah, every word <laughs> that came out of his mouth uh, was it was everything was gold. It was like. You just ask these stupid questions or make these insane statements or claims, and it's almost like, have you ever, have you ever actually seen a dog? <laughs> well, that being said, I think the natural transition then is to say, do you have a favorite human uh, character actor from this particular film? Well, Fred Willard is definitely up there. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think uh, I I think Eugene Levy's character is might be my favorite because they they made him so like out there in terms of his his physicality and his uh, his demeanor like 
he's this really mild mannered sort of dude throughout the whole movie. Even when Larry Miller is kissing his wife and all these dudes are walking up and recognizing her from times that they like slept with her or whatever. And then to, to give him also these like capped teeth and the two left feet and actual (laughs) physical two left feet like that to me is just expert level sort of filmmaking. It, it is interesting. I think I mentioned this maybe in the the in intro originally, but just advising that you should um, check out uh, A Mighty Wind, um, another of Christopher Guest's movies. I think you did mention that, yes. But whether I did or not, I'm saying it now. And Eugene Levy uh, and Catherine O'Hara both are wonderful in that movie, but Eugene Levy's character is even more out there and even more like... Uh, bewildered by life and you know so it's like taken to an, an even more extreme level which is highly entertaining but yeah i think they were they were both great the way they they sold like you know cookie and her her kind of nonchalant way of <laughs> acknowledging sometimes very passionately her fond memories of every guy that she came across <laughs> and, and like and then you know, Jerry, Eugene is Jerry, just kind of having that like wide eyed, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know how to deal with this. So that was entertaining. I mean, uh, on my, on my side, I got to go with Hubert's uh, owner, Harlan Pepper, as I kind of alluded to, like yeah. uh, this time around, <laughs> like everything <laughs> that he did from the beginning when they were talking about, you know, fishing and, uh, you know, with uh, Will Sasso there talking about, so, you, you, so you're going to go fishing, right? You're going fishing, have fun fishing. And he's like, they, they, no, they, they don't have that. fishing yeah. in Philadelphia. Yeah. But then like when he gets there and his small talk is just like, well, I used a 18 and 20 and I used a 22. <laughs> and it's like, and there's everybody else's eyes are glazed over and, and then like shifting to all his, you know, his ramping up to being a ventriloquist and when he's practicing and just figuring out, you know, what words and letters he can and can't say and like the singing at the end. Like I I just had so much fun with that. It felt like a perfect fit for this dog, like their personalities and the expressions mesh so absolutely that uh, I just had so much fun. There, There were a lot of other great parts here and there all over the place. I mean, when Parker Posey is screaming about the busy bee, <laughs> like that is just, and then the reaction to the guy, you know, who again, that actor playing the the store clerk, who didn't lose it, you know, was able to no, maintain. He, he was like the, the the pinnacle of customer service. Oh, this isn't a, this isn't a bee. It's a bear in a bee costume. Okay, well, uh, but like he played it so this. so even and smooth. He didn't. Mm-hmm. I. I don't know if they did it in one take or, you know, what they did, but like, I, there's so many people, I think it would just be cracking up with laughter as an actor it, faced with that situation, but he just sells it so innocently. Like, well, I, I think to a dog, it would look the same. I mean, it's striped, like, it's a harapay, it's a fish, <laughs> you know, and like, just, all, there's so many great moments, but yeah, I'd say Harlan Pepper is just my favorite overall. And like to to take that a step further, like not only playing it straight on the camera, but playing it straight off camera. Like you have an entire crew of people who are filming these scenes and you have a room full of hilarious people who are acting in them and legitimately hilarious people who can draw a laugh with, with very little effort. And 
you you have to wonder like how well the people behind the camera are keeping it together uh you know without ruining a shot because there's a bunch of background laughter because you know Catherine O'Hara or Michael McKean or whoever said something hilarious like yeah, it's, I, it's not it's it's it, 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 it's it's a certainly a credit to the crew of this movie uh, that they they held it together the way that they did, and maybe that's why they keep working together. And they're just like this. I mean, I don't know if they were all like in Second City, but I know some of them were. And a like, lot of them were, yeah. And so, like, I think maybe they've just over time they've filled these roles and they've done enough improv and they've had enough practice that you know <laughs> I say that, but then then there's people. Uh, uh, you know, on Saturday Night Live, who are notorious for breaking character constantly, and you know sometimes that's fun too. So what about you, Jimmy Fallon, yeah, or you, everybody else. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, so yes, uh, Bill Hader's who I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> he always cracked me up whenever he would start giggling. Yeah, Bill Hader is uh, is notorious for that as well. But yes, yeah, speaking of people who are playing it cool versus other people who are outrageous. That happens a lot, including, uh, what's his face? The, I think his name is Trevor. The one, the other co-host along with Fred Willard's, uh, Oh yeah. I think his name is Trevor, but, um, like that, his, his ability to, (laughs) again, you know, just take in stride the absolute ridiculousness coming out of, you know, Buck Laughlin's mouth every time he says anything uh, is just that again, that that relationship, that back and forth uh, was a lot of fun. Uh, you, you have to wonder, like, how much of that is Fred Willard just trying to, like, take the piss out of the the guy sitting next to him and, and get him to break and, and see how he reacts to just some of the insane things that he says. Because like something to think about with this movie is most of it is unscripted. Yeah, there's there's so much of this movie that is simply just okay. This is the scene. This is what we're going for. Action, and there's no rehearsal. There's no anything. It's just like go. And Fred Willard is a master at that. Like he he could walk into any room and do it on command, pretty much. Like he was that tell, good. Tell me. Wh- which one of these dogs would you want to have as your wide receiver on your football team? <laughs> which one's a wide receiver? Which one's a running back? Which one's going to do? Which one's going to run farther faster? Uh, and it, like that's one of those points where he's like, I don't know how to respond to this, so I'm just going to move along. Uh, but yeah, like that. <laughs> that it, it was great. He he definitely uh, he, he he was a nice contrast to the Buck Laughlin character. Uh, and he, he, he did a great job, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, was in this and didn't get featured a whole lot, but I, I'd like, and wish he kind of had, uh, is Bob Balaban. Yeah. Very small part. Yeah. He, uh, usually is in a small part. This seemed a little smaller part than most of the others that we'll usually see him in. But he, uh, he often will, uh, play a sort of unassumingly funny person and, and, and do really, really well at it. I don't know why I'm talking about this cause it's not in the movie anyway. So, well, that's okay. 
Now, I mean, excuse me if this is off subject a little bit, but just take a guess at how much I can bench press. <laughs> come on. Come on. What do you think? Take a guess. <laughs> 315 pounds at the top of my game. <laughs> he has to throw that little qualifier. Deadlift yeah. 500. Oh, man. Yeah. Good times. Good, good times. Uh, you know, I... I forgot was in this was jane lynch uh and i i don't know why i forgot that she was in it because she's brilliant in it and and she her her entire persona in this is is just fantastic uh but yeah i had completely forgotten that she was in it and that she was chasing jennifer coolidge and and like that that whole dynamic was was a, a ton of fun to to sit and watch again and then having uh Michael McKean and and John Michael Higgins like catch them on TV and and see what was happening. Like, oh, <laughs> someone has two mommies. <laughs> I love that's that fantastic. The dog's name is Rhapsody in White. Rhapsody <laughs> or Butch, depending on who you ask. Yeah, like <laughs> why why did we have two names going on here? But that's that's uh, yeah. normal for dogs you usually give them two names that are totally different. yeah i know i did yeah uh but yeah the, the the rhapsody and white thing made me think of like a racehorse yeah you know i want to fall back on some of our tried and true uh little bits that we do but this is not really movies it's like not this dreamcastable it's just yeah you can't <laughs> you gotta lock down on the cast that's improvising it's like you're not gonna throw vin diesel in there as you know Jerry Family. Fleck or something like, <laughs> but you could, you could, you shouldn't, but you could, you really shouldn't. So uh, speaking uh, again of Christopher Keston, apologies to anyone listening. If we talked a little bit about this in the intro, but uh, have you seen many or some or all of uh, his different movies in these genres? Certainly not all. I mean, yeah. I've seen some. I've seen this. I've seen this is Spinal Tap. Um, I saw Waiting for Guffman years and years ago. I have very little memory of it now, but uh, I, I've seen some of his stuff. Have you seen uh, For Your Consideration? I have not. That one's also very entertaining. But yeah, I mean, it, it just strikes almost me. Almost Heroes. It strikes me as it's amazing to me that you can follow the same format the the mockumentary format and you can have that same outlandish characters in a perhaps mundane topic um and like to have to tell an actual compelling story that's interesting enough that you don't get bored with it a bunch of people being you know a little bit weird or a lot weird depending um mm -hmm. and so it's the whole best in show format, like the the whole like who's gonna win, and like I think it makes it even better. Like it elevates it uh, to a level where it's got a hook that really you know makes you invested in you know the whole process of the film. It's not just people vamping and being silly, which you know is fine, but to add that little bit of a driving force behind you know the the narrative and where it's going, and, and like a mighty wind has a bit of that as well. It has you know a few. Uh, relationship lines driving through the movie that you know keep you invested in like how is this going to work what's happening here um so it's 
it's quite a talent to just have just enough of that to make sure you have structure um, and then to just let people loose and the way they do. Uh, it, it just blows my mind. Well, and it's carried over beyond just Christopher Guest, too. Like, there's a ton of TV that's yeah. been inspired by this, like you've, your offices and your parks and recs and stuff like that. Like, there's there was especially like in the the early to mid two thousands there was a, a big kickoff of all of these sort of mockumentary type TV shows that were insanely popular and are are still like much beloved today, uh, and you could very easily credit people like Christopher Guest for kicking off that movement of of that that entertainment style. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to look at that from a you know, historically just, you know, when things came out and where that comes from, like, I mean, in, in the TV format and that like multi-camera, you know, reality show f- format, like Ricky Gervais, of course, being, you know, the, the one to really ushered in with the, you know, the British office and then all, all, you know, like you said, just becoming such a trend on so many different levels, some things working very poorly, some working excellently, but, you know, you, you really can learn you know, if you were a student of such things, you could watch three or four different shows and know exactly what some people are doing right and some are doing wrong, even though on the surface, it sounds like the same game plan. It's all about execution, really. Yeah. And like, which one of these dogs is going to be a wide receiver and which one's going to be more of a tight end? <laughs> I mean, you got to know these things to really understand you know, how things are going to go. So, OK, Animal football. <laughs> so, you know, in all serious note seriousness you know you have two dogs one one is kind of named loki and one's kind of named thor right um not just kind of they're actually that's their names i thought for some reason they had like more to it than that i mean there is like they i guess my wife gave them like middle names Mm. uh but their common names are loki and thor it's not like loki anthony's son no uh, although that would be that would be great if we had gone full like Norse on it, but no, we 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 threw our fandoms around some into liquor and some into uh, <laughs> Avatar, <laughs> other things. So, uh, well, but yeah, tell Loki me, and Thor. Between Loki and Thor, which one of them is a wide receiver and which one is more of a tight end? Oh well, Loki's definitely a wide receiver. Okay, uh, Loki Loki's fast he's he's hell on wheels fast uh thor is is probably more of a defensive lineman uh if i if i had to put him <laughs> into a football position uh may, maybe uh no, he, he he might be able to do uh might be able to do linebacker uh just cause he'll 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 knock the the piss out of you even even though he's kind of small nice yeah at this stage in my career <laughs> i kind of I think if I were to pick what position I'd play on a football team, it would be that one guy that the team decided they would sign for the minimum contract for a year who can't play and can't move and just has to hover near the bench and can't quite sit down either because he's like partially broken in 12 places. But like there's like the sentimentality that it's really cool that, you know, he's there and, and a lot of, you he's, know. He's constantly got his hands in his shoulder pads. Yeah, yeah. Air, like swaying back and forth. I would bit. do so good with that. And like. He's, he, inside the two minute warning, he's raising his arms up to get the crowd going. Sure. Yeah, I'd drink a little Gatorade before the end of the game. Just, you know, as everybody's out in the field, 
getting their water break, I'd like be on the sideline, take a little sip from my small two ounce, you know, paper cup. Little cone cup, yeah. Yeah, like I I think I think I have a solid plan for where I'd fit in. So if any NFL teams are listening and they want to sign me for a one year uh, league minimum to fill that role, uh, just you know you can write us at the memory distillery at gmail dot com. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, I'm a I'm a shoe in for the uh, the cart driver that like Mm. carts injury uh, cart driver guy. Yep, yeah, that drives the the injured players off the field. That's good one. uh, that would be my uh, ideal position. Uh, my my knees just aren't great. And then yeah, Loki could be like Air Bud. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Which I wide, think was was wide retriever. Was I was gonna ask if there was an Air Bud football movie? I'm there not sure. There sure was. I've somehow uh, somehow a travesty of of all things. <laughs> I've not seen any of the dog related basketball football baseball movies (laughs) i've they've missed i've somehow missed them i feel really bad about it i i I feel like i saw the first air bud i don't think i saw the football one the the one football dog movie i remember seeing was uh was bingo uh which uh (laughs) apparently by your silence i'm assuming you never heard of it uh uh, there's so many. Dad yeah, there's so many. Is an movies. NFL kicker and keeps getting traded from team to team, and like he gets kidnapped for a ransom. And like, yeah, I'm already bored just listening. Yeah, to you it's, talk it's, about it's this pretty description. terrible. All right, well let's let's not veer too far into football <laughs> movies, which obviously you know watching Best in the Show that was a location we'd end up. Um, but yeah, uh, getting back to the to the movie at hand. I mean, I feel that. There, I don't have so much more to say about it, kind of like you were saying at the beginning, because it's sometimes, you know, the artistry of what happens is just about the performance. It's like witnessing it, watching it unfold, watching them, you know, piece everything together and tell the story. It's like, yeah, it is just exactly what it is. Like, it's just right. really great to, to just watch and see it unfold. And it's really difficult to... To, to build a podcast around that, because most of what we do is shit on movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it was, you know, perfectly decent. And yeah, sometimes like with a podcast, a podcast, you know, can start off, you know, being in a depressed state, but then you just trade it in for a little pug that likes to hump people's legs. <laughs> and then and then the podcast is better. So maybe that's what we'll do next week. Maybe we'll hump some legs. Uh... <laughs> that's where you were going, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Clearly. That's our show, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to us each and every week as we distill another favorite from our past. We are watching new episodes, or we're watching new episodes. Wow. We have new episodes every Monday, so come and check us out on your favorite podcast. That's you improvising. I get it. That's right. That's part of the 60 hours of content that we recorded to get this 45-minute podcast. Uh, That's a very generous number. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can catch us on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, all those podcast apps. Uh, or go to tmdpod.com. That's where you can send your friends if you want to tell them about the memory distillery. They can come and check us out there. Uh, yeah, John. Well, as you all know, the music in our podcast comes from the song Destroying the Evidence by Semaphore. And we highly suggest that you guys check them out. It's not the same as Eugene Levy and uh, uh, Catherine O'Hara singing songs about terriers which is which was a great which is pretty great 
but uh, it, it'll do you in a pinch. Uh, get some good music into your ear holes. Um, and then even if you're not with the NFL and you have no urge to give us contracts for no reason, you, the listening public, reach us out. Oh, did you catch that? It was like I was Jim Carrey. Um, <laughs> you can email us at gmail.com with any questions, comments, thoughts you have about the show, things that you want to hear more of. Or one of my favorite things is uh, if you have suggestions for different movies or things that you you know want us to hit up for you, whether it's just a favorite of yours or a, a rush from you know nostalgia from the past, past that's come back to you. Um, like I think we get hit up with things in our everyday life that just reminds us, oh yeah, we sh- why haven't we done that movie? And uh, on a different place in a different time, I was just thinking about uh, The Green Mile and just thinking, now I think that's a good movie, but I haven't watched it forever, so maybe that ends up going into our list of movies to watch. Oh, The Green Mile is definitely a good movie. Cool. Well, we'll have to watch that sometime soon. If you have a revelation like that, uh, again, you can email us, go to our Facebook page, just look for The Memory Distillery, or pretty much, you know, tweet us at TMD Pod. however you want to get a hold of us. Uh, we're, we're pretty eager to hear from you guys. Uh, it's always fun to know uh, that you're listening and that we're helping contribute to the joy of your lives. So once again, thank you. I'm John Dack. And I'm Anthony Verneri, and this has been The Memory Distillery. Do me a favor, just get one of those pepperoni sticks out. I just want to hold it.